You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. But today we close out our series on Jesus justice. And if I've done my job right, I've probably offended everyone here once, at least in some way. Uh, That's usually what I find with topics like this is there's often sides people pick. And if we're focusing on Jesus, Jesus tends to offend all sides. He was really good at it in the Bible. If there was one thing that he was an expert at, it was bringing people who were enemies with each other together to be enemies against him. (laughs) Sadducees, Pharisees, it didn't matter who you were, people would kind of turn and just focus on uh, taking all their energy out on Jesus. So oftentimes, if we ever find ourselves in a place where everything makes sense and people like what we're saying, those are times when we need to kind of be compelled to think differently. Does everybody like what we're saying because it's too easy to believe? Or is it because we're not um, uh, spending enough time pursuing what Jesus has to say? And of course, there's plenty that I've said that you just need to take home, chew on, let the Holy Spirit take from there. There was even one message I started where I said, take this home. I'm, I'm still working out what to do with it. If you missed last week, we just read through Martin Luther King's, uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham prison. Uh, we don't have that on the podcast or anything. We weren't even able to finish the last few pages because it's so long. He jokes at the end, like, I think I've written you the letter. Maybe it's a book. I don't know. Um, But you can go read that. We linked it up on our Facebook page if you'd like to read that from last week. Today, though, we're going to close out Jesus Justice talking about love. One of the easier, well, maybe easier. It just depends Um, because Jesus' love is pretty radical and tends to disrupt things. So let me start here. Uh, This summer, there was a new video game that came out. If you know me, I'm a nerd. I like video games. And this is a very strange video game as far as reviews go. Because on one hand, people are like, this is the most beautiful, most polished, like detail-oriented, every pixel down to recording, and just everything in it is like perfectly in place. And so they'll be like 90, 95, 100, you know, stamping their uh, scores on this, 100 out of 100. One of my favorites was somewhere in the 90 range. It was like 90 or 95. And I agreed with this guy so wholeheartedly because he's like, this is like a testament to what video games can do. I will never play this game ever again. (laughs) And that was how I felt. And that was how most people who played this game felt because this game is set in an apocalyptic landscape. Think you know, Walking Dead or zombies or uh, just any kind of movie or video game or book you've ever read where the world has fallen apart and people have taken up to different tribes, different communities to come together. And if you've ever read or watched any kind of apocalyptic literature like that, then you know, like, everyone is a bad guy. Even the good guys, the protagonists that you watch, like if you look at the main characters on something like The Walking Dead, it's like, you know what? These guys, even though they're like supposed to be the good guys and you're supposed to be rooting for them, if we're honest with ourselves, these guys have done some horrible things in order to protect themselves. And that's kind of what happens with 
this kind of apocalyptic stuff is that even the good guys are bad guys. Everyone, in order to survive as long as they have, has done something bad along the way. That's kind of what this game was like. <laughs> it's a sequel to another game that came out a few years ago. And in the first game, even though you're rooting for these people, at the same time, they end up doing some pretty bad stuff to stay alive. Uh, their hands are not clean. And so in the second game, you get ready to play with these characters that you've known for 40, 60 hours that you've invested in knowing them already. And the game starts with one of them dying right off the get-go. Someone comes in and takes them out. And you're like, wow, okay, I just lost someone that I was really connected to in this story immediately. And so this father figure in the game dies, leaving only a uh, uh, his daughter-like figure. It's not his actual daughter, but it's a daughter-like figure that he was taking care of. She's the only one left. And she goes crazy wanting her justice. She goes crazy wanting vengeance. She is filled with hatred, filled with rage, and she's going out, taking out all these bad guys everywhere that she can. She's taking out kind of these mini boss characters until finally, after meeting all of her friends, after getting to know her new community, after uh, starting to see these good pieces to her and these bad pieces to her, after she's done all of this, she finally meets the villain who took out her dad. And this villain, at that moment, uh, the, the game stops and it cuts and it's back at the beginning. And now you play the whole game all over again from the villain's perspective. <laughs> and this is why people can't handle this game because as you get to know the villain, you find out her story, why she did what she did. You find out this villain has a lot of great friends. And you feel the pain of the fact that you took out all of her friends along the way because now you're getting to meet her friends through the villain's eyes. The same ones that you just destroyed playing the other character. And you watch her life fall apart and you see good things to her life that this villain adopts a kid who's an enemy in some other camp, but she takes him under her wing and she does everything to protect him. You see these good things come out. You see, you get to know the people that she knows. You get to love the people that she loves. And then it puts you back at that boss fight. You now know both of these characters on a very deep level and you're conflicted because you're supposed to have them fight. And you're like, I don't know which one's the bad guy anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's the one that I played the first time that I knew 40 hours in a game before I even played this one that I thought I liked, but now I'm not sure. Or I don't know if the villain's the villain. Like they both kind of in some way seem to be villains and, and you have this whole conflicting, who do I root for? And the game doesn't let you choose. It just forces you to keep playing. So it hurts even more. Anyways, they are so blinded by their rage and by their cause for getting justice or getting revenge or getting back that they can see nothing about the other person whatsoever. They are nothing more than a villain, than an enemy, and they have no concern for them. And it hurts because all you have to do is say like three things, and I, I bet these two villains that have been made up could actually be really close friends. 
Like, hey, both of you lost a dad figure. That's something to bond about. That, that was hard. Hey, both of you have taken people under your wing. Both of you have communities and these people that you love that you're taking care of and, and you're doing good things for others and you're watching out for those around you. There are so many things that could have been said to show just how similar these characters are, but they never say anything. They are just so filled with hatred and rage that they are going to push through until someone's dead. And that's a lot of times what we think justice is. That it's vengeance. That it's rage. That it's putting all my pain on, on someone else until they feel it so heavy that they they die but then we look at Jesus which there is not an ounce of in this video game <laughs> not, not even an ounce morally of anything Jesus would say like I said yes the game was done well I will never play it again it's one of those feelings but if Jesus were to enter these pictures how would he act that's what you find when you're looking at secular media as a Christian. Like, wh what am I sp can I bring away from this? And Jesus shows us, like, it's not about hatred. It's not about vengeance. It's not about rage. It's about love. It's love for your neighbor. And some of us might say, well, Jesus, you don't understand. I hate my neighbor. <laughs> I'm not into Ned Flanders over here or whoever it might be. Like, my neighbor is always on my back. He is basically my enemy. He's the worst. I don't want to have anything to do with him. Well, Jesus said something about that too. Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And then he demonstrated it by loving us, praying for us, and dying on a cross as we persecuted him. Sometimes we look at that and we're like, oh, okay, so I guess justice is just a loss. Like, there's no such thing as justice in this time. When Jesus comes back later, then justice. Yeah, there's true that when Jesus comes back, the fullness of justice will be had. But there's also justice to be pursued right now. Because Jesus loves justice. Because God loves justice. I have a friend, uh, pastors out in Dearborn in our conference. He was joking this week, but I think it was... It was true. He said, I kind of feel like I need to preach a new series at my church called What God Hates. <laughs> because there's, of course, we're always preaching about God's love and everything that he loves. But the prophets actually talk a lot about the things that God hates, that he despises. And one of the things that God hates is injustice. So we can't believe that God just doesn't care about justice right now. One day he'll come and, and finish the job. Instead, we need to believe that Jesus wants us to bring justice as it should be, but not in the way that's mirrored in that video game, not in the way that the world mirrors it, not in, in uh, vandalism and burning things down and anything like that. No, we show justice through love. That was Martin Luther King Jr.'s whole, whole thing. He talks at one point, uh, there's a quote, I'll paraphrase it, but essentially he's like, we are going to have two victories. One, we're going to win this uh, this fight for rights that we're pursuing, but 
we are going to love our enemies so well during this time that at the end we'll have this double victory because we will have won our enemies over to our cause along the way. Do you have those kinds of eyes? That the person that he would walk up to and people would curse him out and say, you can't come in here, get out. That he would have the heart that that person would be won over too. That they would find love through his pacifistic ways, through his nonviolence. Because a lot of us just want to see things burn. We want to see things be in significant pain. And Jesus comes and says, I will take your significant pain upon myself on your behalf. Jesus is the one who jumps in front of the bullet, not shooting the bullets. Jesus is the one who suffers on behalf of others and then calls his followers to do the same. Jesus is the one who says there is a better way of pursuing justice. And I'm that way. I'm the way, the truth, the life. So follow me, and as you do, you will find the ways to bring peace into this world. It's going to be hard. It's going to take time. Even Martin Luther King, right? I mean, he knew going into it that people in that room he started with, some of them weren't going to be there at the end. Because doing justice the loving way means putting yourself out to be nailed to a cross. And some of them didn't make it. And that includes Martin Luther King himself. He wasn't the end of the justice movement. He was assassinated and nailed to his own cross on behalf of that justice movement. But he pursued every moment with love. And it's easy to gripe and complain and to villainize other people. But sometimes you find yourself, if you're paying a close attention, if you're listening to Jesus, you'll find yourself outside of the script of the video game. That when these two villains meet each other, you just want to walk in and say, you don't understand. You are the same person. Your stories are identical. You've just hardened your heart so much over one thing. Like Pharaoh in Egypt, constantly, constantly hardening his heart so that God's words could not warm him enough that he would make a difference. And maybe you've met people like that, where the hearts have been hardened for a long, long time, and in order to kind of break through that shell, there's a lot of work to be done. Justice and peace often don't come in a moment because love takes a long time to warm people. Well, we all know the stories. We've all heard stories where love was the pivotal moment that changed everything. That's, that's testimonies in the church. You keep bringing people up to share their words. And every time it's, I had a moment. Maybe it was with God. Oftentimes it's with another Christian. Someone took me under their wing and it changed everything. Someone showed me a little bit of love after I never could find love anywhere, and it completely shifted everything. We know these stories. It's what we celebrate in the church. It's what we call conversion. So I'm sure each one of us here could probably in some way think of someone in our lives 
who we would think of as the villain or the person who we completely disagree with all the time. Maybe I'm your villain, I don't know. We all have those people who are tougher to, to relate with and get to and listen to. The people that like you see them approaching and your mind shuts down before they even get there. Those are the people who Jesus calls us to love. We can turn villains into friends. It's a miraculous power that the Holy Spirit is just so capable of pulling off. But it requires us to see people through the eyes of Jesus. It requires us to base it all on love. So with that, we're closing out the Jesus Justice series. Um, there's, of course, a lot to trying to find proper justice. Uh, but we know the Bible tells us time and time again that God is love. That God is life. Jesus came to bring life and life abundant. The enemy came to seek, kill, uh, to uh, kill and destroy. And we have to choose every day. Which kingdom will we live in today? Will the people that we come in contact with, will we show love? Or will we show hate? Will we show Jesus? Or will we show Satan? Will we soften our hearts and take the blows or keep putting up walls and defending ourselves? And while we do all that, we seek for justice, but laying our vision of what justice looks like at Jesus' feet every time. So we're going to sing a song that's on the... Uh, there's a, a musical album for the documentary Nefarious, which... Um, that album or that movie was all about uh, sex trafficking and just human trafficking all around the world. And this song I've always found so beautiful. We've sang it a few times before, not a ton, but uh, it's based off Jesus' own words. Uh, technically, it's based off Isaiah, Isaiah's own words. Jesus takes up a, a scroll, reads it, and it's, it's Isaiah's words about how Jesus has come to liberate, how Jesus has come to take care of the oppressed and those around us who need love. And that also means those who need justice. And while that ultimate vision of all of that one day is coming when Jesus returns, it is something that is put in place now, just like everything else that we've been talking about with the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is not a place we just go when we die. It is a place being ushered into the earth already, right now. The seeds have been planted, and they're planted more and more every day as we lay them, and they come to fruition. And the same goes for justice. So... Uh, as we sing this song, just kind of let the words sweep over you as you try to commit to your heart the same kind of mission that Jesus said, this, this mission is mine. <laughs>